the fire. Thou shalt not steal private property. Self-reliance, hard work, these are biblical truths that should challenge us to freely do what is right for ourselves, our families, our churches, our communities. I mean, it's enticing to think about having what you need and want, but someone else pays the price. I mean, I think that is what so many are being told today is possible if you just elect the right person and do the right policy. But if it is against human nature, if it is against the incredible gift of freedom, if it undermines family and church, it can't be right. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And welcome to Through the Fire, where we are on the case talking about the tough issues in the culture today, facing them with some psychological and theological wisdom and applications that we hope will bless you. And today we're talking about something that's on the horizon for everyone. Yes, soon it will be time to vote. So citizens, are you ready? How should you get ready? Marie, you're right. And like they often rightly say, uh, this next election is probably the most important election in our lives. Why there are two views of government being voted on and whichever one wins will determine our freedoms for a long, long time. That's a pretty bold statement. Okay. Can you back that up? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for asking the tough questions that <laughs> every one of our listeners is probably asking. But yes, I can back that up for sure. I mean, this election is, it's about two worldviews colliding. And it's as simply as this. One side thinks that government can do everything. Mm -hmm. They really do. I mean, if you look at their platforms and you look at what they're saying, they literally think that the government can replace the church, replace Mm -hmm. the family's role in our lives. Mm -hmm. And the other side, and notice how I haven't said which sides are which, (laughs) but the other side literally believes that government, it has an important but very limited role in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we need to put the government back in its place and return to freedom and responsibility. And we need to become, again, that free society where the family and the church and the individual are seeking to do what is right. So it's that kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we talk about that, um, because I do think we're talking about principles and platforms and why that's what we've got to examine. But here's another thing. I think we've got to ask ourselves, what are these principles that are essential to good government for everybody? And I'll go one further. Mm-hmm. I think people have the wrong expectations of what government should or should not be doing today. And because of that, I do think this is one of the reasons why a lot of people are depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they see their politicians and government programs you know, that they hoped would do everything when they can't do what they promise. So if you got the wrong expectation of what you can actually do, if you don't put in the work to actually make those expectations happen at all, and if you don't take responsibility when those actions fail, that's a big problem, I think, with what's going on in society today. So wrong expectations cause a lot of problems. What do right, you think? Right, right, right. Now you're talking about my work. I'm in your, I'm in your arena. You're in my arena, I'm yeah. In, okay. in counseling and coaching, that's the first thing that I have to get across to a client. Where are they really? I mean, first, I've got to get people to assess what's really happening in their lives. What, if any, of their actions or habits or thoughts are contributing to those challenges or problems? And then what are the goals and the expectations that can begin to be met? And then will they put in the work? Right. I mean, are you saying that in our culture today we are actually expecting 
too much from politics and policy? Yeah, actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I think our founders actually said that they correctly limited the role of government in our lives because they thought that, now get this, folks, um, religiously motivated, free-acting people who were seeking to live virtuous and productive lives, they thought those people mm-hmm. would do way more good, create way more wealth, and bless way more people than any government program uh, in their place. So I ask people all the time stuff like this. You know, would you rather live in a country where you are free to do what is right, uh, accepting responsibility for that, or would you rather live in a country that coerced you to do what is right, uh-huh. or even worse, coerced you to do what's wrong? Now, some people jump in and say, well, what if I just did whatever I wanted? I said, eventually, uh-huh. people who do that are eventually coerced uh-huh. some way to do what they don't want to do. So the first one is the one that uh, is being replaced today. Replaced. Okay. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it's being replaced with the notion that some government person or policy will do what's best for you. By taking government power and policy, uh, it, re- it reduces freedom for, for all people. And then it'll promise you, though, that they're going to do something even better for you, like a beautiful utopia. Um, so if you need a basic salary, we'll give it to you. If you need food, and who doesn't, we'll give it to you there, too. If you need housing, time off, leisure, don't worry. We'll elect the right people to take enough money from some people and make it happen <laughs> for everyone else. And I hear this all the time. Um, But what's shocking to me is that all these things were tried in the last century by guys like Mao, Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin. All socialist empires promised utopia, but in the end created death, destruction, um, more than all of human history combined. So, Mm -hmm. again, I'm just amazed at many today who think, no big deal, we'll just try again and we'll succeed. Wrong expectations, no personal responsibility. tyranny and death will eventually visit us too. Yeah, we have done that to our children and our young adults, haven't we? I think so. We've told them that they can do whatever they want and they will succeed. We tell them that in relationships, for example, you don't have to be committed or respect the values that make relationships work for thousands of years, right? Uh, So, you know, we've told them that our wealth and technology would make new decisions, not only possible, but plausible. We talk about the unhappiness. Well, I mean, people today are, I mean, think about the unhappiness and the violence like you were just talking about, the brokenness, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. That's what came from just deciding to do whatever you wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. And and yet we we tell them, don't worry about it. You you do it your way and and none of that will happen to you. Right. And people keep looking to politics to solve the problems when it's family, faith, community, and personal responsibility and character, like always, that make good relationships possible, Right. right? And they make the solutions that last. And if you don't do it, there's personal accountability and taking responsibility Mm -hmm. that helps prevent the worst aspects of our nature. Right, right. Well, I I think what you're pointing out as you talk about what you do with psychology and the kind of things that you do is that politics is downstream from culture. Mm -hmm. Culture's upstream from politics. So even if we vote properly... Um, we have a, still have a greater responsibility to instruct our people as to what good government is and is not. And we have the responsibility to then do personally uh, what's right as well. So um, we've got to reclaim the blessing of living in the freest country in the world. Uh, we've got to talk about living, uh, what it means to live free lives of faith, virtue, family, and all those things, because freedom makes demands on us, and we don't want to give those demands away to just government officials and some government program. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about government and its basic role in our lives. We say that this program is going to give you some psychological and theological truths to answer the tough challenges in culture. 
So what does the Bible say about government? Well, you know, and it's going to be simple, actually. The first thing that uh, I want to say is that government is a legitimate thing. I know a lot of politicians are saying, yay, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. legitimate. I, know, yeah, I knew right? that, that they should have elected me. Um, <laughs> so it does have a role, and, and, and people need to understand that's what the Bible teaches, but it's not the role. It's not anywhere near the most important thing. So when Jesus tells a crowd in Matthew 22 that you should give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, he's telling all of us that God is at work even through things like government to do his work. But then the question is, well, if it's not the most important work, not the most vital, what work is government supposed mm-hmm. to do? What is this Caesar stuff? Mm-hmm. And and is that kind of work all-encompassing? So then we're back to proper expectations, aren't we? Exactly. And if you have the wrong expectations of what government can or should do, even if your people are elected or your politics put in place, it won't work out because there are some things, actually many things that Caesar shouldn't be doing, right? Yeah, you're right. And so that's what I'm saying. It's really simple thing. When, when Jesus is talking about Caesar's got a role, um, well, what should he do? One of the things that uh, we Americans used to have a saying that actually got to the core of the biblical teaching. Here's one of the things that a lot of people said maybe 20, 30 years ago. Hey, don't make a federal case right. about it. Remember when people said right. that? Right. Uh, I mean, just think about what they were trying, trying to say with that. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, people would use that phrase about some issue in the neighborhood or in the town in which they lived, but then they would remind themselves that whatever it was that they were dealing with that, you know, they needed to resolve it. And it would only be worse if we made a federal case out of it. Right. So again, getting back to what simply should government do, um, the biblical wisdom was already kind of there in our culture. Uh, We had the right expectations. We were saying it's got a very limited role in our lives, you Mm -hmm. know? And so the best way to solve problems and take care of our basic needs and all that is for us to do it as ourselves with our families, moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, with real up-close personal support from our churches and community. Mm -hmm. So- the first thing government shouldn't do is don't look to, you know, we shouldn't be looking to D.C. Mm-hmm. or Caesar uh, mm-hmm. for those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the wrong place to look. Don't make a federal case about it. So what are the basic things that good government should be doing? But before talking about that, why don't you tell our listeners about what you are doing in Washington, D.C.? Well, good. You know, I think I will because that really that's all we're doing in D.C. is protecting the churches, the schools, preschools, ministries, things like that, even even if you're just, uh, even your own citizenship rights and responsibilities, we're protecting that from government intrusion, intrusion. into, into your right. business, right? So we want to keep the government out of the business of the church and the family, making sure that it's doing its role um, and doing what it's supposed to do. So that's why... In D.C., our basic work is to protect your religious liberty, to fight for the foundational principles of life for all, because our country really depends on that. So um, I would even say, even to those of you who are non-Christians, um, even your liberties depend on the kind of work that we're actually doing because we're mm-hmm. keeping these things free for everybody. So these things are basic for everybody, and good government should create and maintain fair laws for all people, uh, undergirding um, freedom in their lives, and, and, and let us work out the particulars mm-hmm. as we do it in freedom and service to our neighbors. So, you know, there are many um, who don't want you, especially you Christians, mm-hmm. to have the freedom to do what's right on God's terms, and we protect that in all we do. So you want to know more about that, just go to our website, lcrlfreedom.org, lcrlfreedom.org, for more information. So thanks for letting me get that little plug in. Yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. seem to already mention some basics of what government should and should not do. Mm-hmm. So continue talking about that a little bit more, please. Yeah. And, and again, before even, let me just say it this way. Uh, I'll even be more direct. The Bible talks about three essential structures in a healthy society, church, church, 
family, and government. Which one's most important? Let's see. Church, family, and government. Okay. I would say both church and family. Nice. You know, you actually kind of stole my thunder there because (laughs) I was hoping you'd say one or the other and that I'd have to correct you. No, that's right. I, I love how you said that because our relationship to God and our relationship to those who are most vital to us, those things were part of God's original pure creation, right? Mm-hmm. Government was an emergency organization God creates later on because sin and rebellion actually corrupted God's creation. So, That's one of the reasons why there is government. It is a coercive organization that finally had to stop bad people doing the most terrible things that all of us as humans could do. So, and it was to stop people by force. That's why they call it carrying the sword. So if you, again, getting as simple as I can, the main role of government is to carry the sword, Mm -hmm. which is to be the coercive power that says this far and no farther farther because Mm -hmm. human beings can do incredibly bad things to each other. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if we think of the main role of government, properly, fairly, but definitively stop evil outward behavior so that all the rest of us can live in relative peace. So that's a tough job Mm -hmm. and that's a limited job and it cannot solve all the problems, but it's supposed to prevent the worst things from happening. So Mm -hmm. Romans 13 is where you're going to find this. God defines what Caesar's supposed to do and things like taking care of us, taking care of our neighbor, benevolencing type things. That's not what the government should do at all, Mm -hmm. really, because no politician is going to do for you what you can do better for yourself. No politician is going to do for you what your family and those who love you can do for you. Mm -hmm. And no politician is going to do for you what people motivated by faith and mercy can do for you. So the word benevolence is not something associated with the state. It's supposed to be, you know, given and received by free people. So, you know, just keeping it simple, benevolent government is a bad, ineffective government at best, and it's terrible religion Mm -hmm. at worst. So one of the things that you're going to have to remember when you vote uh, this fall is that government has a very limited role in our lives. Don't give it responsibility that you and I should take upon ourselves. That's right. um, It'll never be better than what we can all do for ourselves in freedom. So I I always just say to people, who wouldn't want to live that way anyway, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's enticing to think about having what you need and want, but someone else pays the price, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that is what so many are being told today is possible if you just elect the right person and do the right policy. But if it is against human nature, if it is against the incredible gift of freedom, if it undermines family and church, it can't be right. Man, you keep stealing my thunder today. <laughs> you know, the, no, that's true though, and and that's like I just said about the three structures that God sets up in the world. That's why church mm-hmm. and family are are vital, and our founding fathers actually understood that too. That's why they right. put government on the bottom of our life and limited it. So, um, good government. You know, you know, one of the ways that we say this uh, in our LCRL work. Um, I don't know what you think of this. Good government, and we should strive for that, mm-hmm. but it can't save us. Right. But bad government can destroy us. Mm -hmm. So we're really just trying to- Kind of experiencing that right now, aren't we? Yeah. You know, where you start saying, why would a government do that? Why are they involved in that? Mm -hmm. Who gave them the right to make those decisions? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of stuff, right? So let's make sure we're voting to prevent that. And, and, And also let's give the coercive power of government specific and very limited things to do. Let's create rules and policies we can all live under And let's solve the bigger problems together in freedom. So, um, you know, one of the things that we do at the LCRL is we have these mom and pop papers. And and we mean that 
so that it's just it's it's written so that everybody can understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not written in highfalutin language, but it's about really important topics. Right. And we have this one. I don't know what you think about it. In fact, I'll just throw it out there. And it's about what good government should do. It's called "It's Terrible When the Refs Play the Game." Mm. Mm-hmm. And you know, right out, as soon as you see the title, you're like, "I understand that." Mm-hmm. You know, I, we got to have referees because there are some jerks who will never play fair. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also don't want them playing the game. So you know, you think about that. It's, it's terrible when the refs take over the game when they start calling fouls and penalties. Uh, you know, we'll start screaming at our TVs or we yell under our breath you know, when we're playing. We're just saying, "Let us play, ref." Yeah, I re- okay. I do remember yelling at the refs when they were calling silly fouls on you when you played, yeah. uh, or letting people get away with fouling you. You know, I was your best fan. You were my I? best fan, but I know. you often I often had to fight those guys after the game because <laughs> they, they were like, "Oh, she's she's your wife." Yeah, I was pretty loud. <laughs> but you used to get pretty animated in I those did. games, right? I did. And you hated it when the refs blew a call or when they actually got too involved. Right. Uh, well, think about how it was for those of us playing. So, <laughs> now you were one of my best fans, and I remember. I remember though, uh, the refs did do a better job mm-hmm. when you were yelling for me in the audience. Yes. So, anyway, <laughs> um, but that's like working for the LCRL. That's what we do. We actually kind of make sure they, the refs, the government officials, and the like, do what they're supposed to. So, you know, when you vote, a couple of things, and put the biblical wisdom of limiting government's coercive power. Limit that in your vote to just making fair laws for everyone, forcing them properly so we can live in peace, and then use the moral wisdom of the Bible for making those laws. Don't just look at the personality right. of the candidate. Do you find people doing that a lot today? A lot, yeah. I can't I, vote for them. I don't like this. I yeah. don't like that. Look at the platform instead of the personality. Exactly. I mean, that's person. kind of what we're getting to today, right? right? Yeah. And the sad part about it is they're looking at these personalities like that's actually what the people are really like. And mm-hmm. it's only what somebody's telling you mm-hmm. they're like too. So, yeah. But yeah, so again, when you look at that... Um, uh, don't just look at the personality. In fact, I'd argue that if the candidate is nice um, <laughs> but does the wrong thing, mm-hmm. they're even more destructive. How, how useful uh, will that be? Right. Yeah. Or, or think about a candidate who maybe is not the most pleasant person but does what we elect them to do or does what we think the platform, a proper platform should do. Mm-hmm. So th- that's great. So platforms, principles. And I would even say go more specific, folks. When you vote, make sure you vote to honor parents, honor the parents' role in the lives of their children. Mm -hmm. So policies that incentivize the family staying together. That's right. Not replacing dads, families that take responsibility for their children's education and discipline, uh, not actually taking power away from that. That's right. Uh, Vote for that Mm because family is more important than government. And where dads and moms are in the house, we don't um, need as many police. That's right. Thou shalt not steal private property, self-reliance, hard work. These are biblical truths that should challenge us to freely do what is right for ourselves, our families, our churches, our communities. I mean, if we vote from those principles and don't get caught up in personalities, things can be better for everyone. Yeah. And I mean, then also even just the foundational principle of respecting life from Mm -hmm. conception to natural birth. Again, never should government be able to create a law that makes innocent life. And and I'm saying this, innocent life. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are not committing crimes and things like that suddenly just say, well, that's a life not worth living because we decided that. Mm -hmm. That's just not good government. So, you know, again, when we think about these things, voting for things that make life better for everyone. Mm -hmm. So even after... After this election, I mean, what then? Yeah. Well, especially after this election, um, we have to make sure that people then do what we elect them to do. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's the point. Vote for the things that put the government in its proper place. Uh, Vote platforms and policies that actually kind of align with our scriptural view of these things, Mm because 
all policy is moral. Mm -hmm. So we're just trying to say what's the best law to have together and then hold them accountable Mm -hmm. and nothing more. Don't expect anything more from them. And for some reason, they always want to do more, don't they? Yeah, well, they do. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the, and, and very often, yeah. those solutions make the problems worse, and they are doing what God wants for us to do for ourselves right. and for others. So wrong expectations that take away the responsibility and opportunity for you, for me, to live life as God empowers us to live, giving that away is bad for us. It is. And it is ultimately worse, even for our society, too. I mean, anything more about that that you want to say? Well, no, I'm just, uh, you know, when you think about, again, government is not supposed to do what God wants you to do for yourself. Right. And and so many people I don't today, think people think about that. And they don't think because they think, well, gosh, if they do all that for me, what a beautiful place the world would be. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the opposite in right. real life. So Absolutely. I wish people understood what you were just talking about in a nutshell. That's what makes the American experiment what it is. The founders took the Bible's notion of church and state. And by the way, that's a biblical notion, how mm-hmm. those relate to each other. Mm-hmm. And they both were, the founders took both the church's role and the state's role seriously in our lives, but they limited the state, mm-hmm. not the church. They protected the church, not the state, because mm-hmm. they knew that sinful people needed changed hearts and moral guidance to live free lives in service to each other. So that's not supposed to be the realm of a coercive public policy. And so don't vote that way, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that stuff's supposed to be in the realm of the church, faith, family, and the freedom to live virtuously for others. So don't give that freedom away. Uh, because you're not going to get a better world if you do. You're just going to get a more coercive world like you've never seen before. So I would just say, folks, with that in mind, keep it simple. Um, Then vote your conscience Mm -hmm. and just make sure you keep those principles and those platforms in front prayerfully and don't worry as much about Yeah, vote your convictions. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and, And again, when you do that, that's why voting matters and that's why your freedom matters even more. Absolutely. So that's what we need to do when we go out and vote. There Just keep go. this in mind, right? right? And like always, like we say here, remember there are two kinds of fire in the world. There's the one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See, See you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.